It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. The Baltimore Ravens win ugly in week 11, defeating the Carolina Panthers by the final score of 13 to three. We dive into the game and more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Ravens podcast, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making us your first listen of the day. We're available on all podcasting platforms, including over on YouTube in video form. And if you're here with us on YouTube, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel. We do put out daily Ravens content five days a week. So if you want Ravens news analysis, updates, and more, we are here for you in an audio form. Be sure to follow us anywhere. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, same show, both audio and video and today's episode of locked on ravens is presented by prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy made easy pick two to five players and if they score more or less in their prize pitch rejection you can up to 10 times money on your entry first time users can receive owners then is the boss match up to owners are also promo code locked on this pricepicks.com promo code locked on and we're back here it is a victory monday baltimore extends that winning streak not one not two not three we have a four game winning streak here in Baltimore as they pick up that 13-3 win against the Carolina Panthers. And it was a game that, look, was not pretty. It was not pretty. It was a 13-3 win and a game that a lot of people expected a Ravens blowout. And, I mean, rightfully so. This is a Ravens team that definitely seemed to have found their stride on the offensive side of the ball over the past couple of weeks in Week 8 and in Week 9 before their bye week. They were coming off of a bye week, but Carolina's defense is actually pretty talented, and they are definitely a middling unit stats-wise, but they have talent there. So we'll talk about the offense, kind of what to make of it. We'll talk about the defense and their absolutely stellar performance. And then moving forward, how can Baltimore build off of this, and how can they improve? on this so let's dive into it let's start with the offense here Lamar Jackson's where we start now Jackson finished this game 24 of 33 for 209 yards in one interception no touchdowns but did have a touchdown on the ground had 11 carries 
for 31 yards. And I mean, look, Jackson, I think played a little better than the box score indicated. He had a lot of drops early on. There were, there was a drop by Patrick Ricard and that play was, it was a wide open play would have gone for big yards. There was a penalty on the play. So it wouldn't have even counted anyway, but there was a drop by James Prochet. Kenyon Drake had a drop in there. There were drops. So I give Lamar Jackson at least three, or I mean two, if the, because the penalty on the one, but at least two extra completions, if not more, but he was a player that, again, he he hasn't necessarily turned the ball over a lot in recent weeks. The one interception, a defensive tackle just leaps up for the ball and intercepts it. Just literally, the camera kind of w- goes back and forth because, you know, it's like, oh, the ball went to receiver. No, it's in the line of it's in the hands of a defensive lineman. So it was a good play by the defensive lineman. The ball, you know, he went up and intercepted it. So I still think that Jackson played decently well i mean obviously it wasn't a perfect game from him there were some mistakes here and there he took he took some sacks in situations where maybe he could have thrown the ball away and that's something we've been talking about over these last couple of weeks but i don't think jackson played necessarily as bad as people say he did especially because there were the drops early on but there were definitely some things that he has to improve on because i and this will be a theme throughout the show here a performance like this by the entire offense not just jackson but by the entire offense is not getting you past Kansas City. It's not getting you past Miami. It's not getting you past Buffalo, et cetera, et cetera. Carolina's a team that's reeling right now. They do have talent, as I mentioned, but in a game like this, you you just you can't put up very limited points until late in the game. Baltimore only had three points. So this was a three to three game heading into the fourth quarter. So that again, you have to be able to put up more points in this if you are the offense running the ball. Baltimore averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Kenan Drake. 10 for 46. He had, he had that 29 yard run that was great, but they, they didn't really get anything going on the ground. And a lot of a lot of the rushing offense for Baltimore was that 29 yard run by Kenyon Drake. You take that out, that yards per carry average of 3.8 goes down by a lot. So the run game didn't really necessarily have it. And this was a, a game that had a lot of windy conditions. Uh, and people thought, all right, hey, this is going to be a game where the run the run is going to dominate for both sides, although more so on Baltimore side, obviously. And it didn't really dominate either way, is the Ravens did run the ball 30 times, but actually ended up throwing the ball more. Lamar Jackson had 33 attempts. The Ravens had 30 rushes as a whole. So that was a little surprising. Gus Edwards didn't play in this one. Justice Hill had seven for 30. He had some explosive plays. Pastor Ricard, one for four. Devin Duvernay, one for four. Then you have for the receiving core. I mean, this was Demarcus Robinson's coming out party for the Baltimore Ravens here. Huge shout out to Demarcus Robinson and what he was able to do in this one. He sh- he was he showed up clutch. Nine receptions, 128 yards, average 14.2 yards per catch. Toe tapping catches, clutch catches. He he was doing everything, and I give him a ton of credit for what he was able to do on the field on Sunday. He was the majority of Baltimore's passing game because no other player had more than 63 yards. That was Mark Andrews. Then after Mark Andrews, no player had more than eight yards receiving. It goes leading receiver, Demarcus Robinson, 128. Second leading receiver, Mark Andrews, 63. Third leading receiver, Justice Hill, with eight yards. And you have Kenyon Drake with seven, Duvernay with three, Josh Oliver with two, and Isaiah Likely with one. I will say, though, Devin Duvernay only two touch two touches in this one. The Devin Duvernay usage is something that I, I mean, I think the Ravens need to scheme him touches. He only totaled in this game. What was it? One catch for three yards and then one rush. So two touches for seven total yards here. But good things happen when Devin Duvernay has the ball in his hands. He converted on a couple of play on his plays in this game. 
he he's a high impact player. He's Baltimore's de facto number one receiver now with Rashad Bateman undergoing that surgery on his foot. He, he's a guy that I think Baltimore just they they have to scheme him more touches. I think if they can get him the ball, if they can get him the ball in open space, he is such a shifty player, such a dynamic player, and such a versatile player. We've seen what happens when Baltimore gets the ball to Devin Duvernay. It's not like this is an experiment where we're saying, oh well, what if you know what if you give the ball to Devin Duvernay? What could he do? We know what he can do. We've seen we've seen it in the games. So I'm saying, where where is the production? Where are the touches for Devin Duvernay? Baltimore has said, oh yeah, we're we're going to get him involved. You know, we want to get him involved. We marked it down in our notebook to get him involved. We're not we're not seeing it necessarily. And I, I know there's game flow. I know there's game script, and not everything goes according to plan. In fact, very rarely does anything go according to plan for the most part in a lot of these games. But I think even with the improvisation, even with the stuff you have to do. I still think getting him the ball, getting him those touches is so, so important. But good news for the Ravens in terms of Mark Andrews getting back on the field. He was his his regular Mark Andrews self. Oh, no, Andrews. Andrews is another one who had a drop. He had a drop. That, that first possession where the Ravens had, I believe it was five or six pass. I think it was six passes, but one was, one was negated, so it ended up being five officially. But on that first possession, Baltimore passed the ball six times. They did not have a rushing attempt. Lamar Jackson's receivers dropped three balls. It was Ricardo, it was Andrews, and it was Prochet. So Andrews still was doing his Mark Andrews thing, but he did have the drop in there. Offensive line-wise, it was it, it was an okay game. You know, they, they definitely did have some struggles. There was a, a bad snap by Tyrell Lindebaum that, you know, it wasn't a turnover or anything, but it was just a high snap. But Ronnie Stanley's the the much awaited news where there's wait an official word on that one is he ended up getting rolled up on looked very similar to the first injury, although it didn't look like there was actually any rolling action on the ankle It looked like Stanley got the ankle or the ankle was just out of there in time. But after the game, Lamar Jackson said that he talked to Ronnie Stanley, said that Stanley told him he was feeling pretty good. So the injury update actually came from Lamar Jackson and not John Harbaugh. Harbaugh didn't have any updates on anything. So Jackson gave the injury update for Stanley. So that's a good sign. Stanley was seen leaving the stadium in a walking boot. So people are taking that as a good sign in terms of just the healing process. We'll, we'll see, though. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to necessarily speculate. Maybe he has to miss a couple weeks. Maybe he's back. I don't know. We'll, we'll know more throughout the course of the week here. But overall, Baltimore's offense was definitely not the main reason they won this game. It was most definitely the defense. So coming up in this one, we're going to be diving into – the defense and just what an absolute stellar performance they had, who stepped up. We'll talk about Mike McDonald and more. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton of dive into here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Total Wine and more. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite Cabernet or Chardonnay or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and more. Crips are pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly. Be 21. And this episode is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., and Canada, and even coming soon to Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. You can even find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just looking to get from point A to point B. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget for rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. 
We're back here, our second segment of Locked on Ravens here on Victory Monday. Kevin Oshak, your host, still here with you again. Baltimore defeating Carolina 13-3. Huge, huge in part because of that defense. In fact, they were the main reason Baltimore won this game. Shout out to Mike McDonald and his crew. Baltimore held Carolina to just 3 of 12 on third down. They forced three turnovers. He had two interceptions and a fumble. It was a game that... This, this defense will remember throughout the entire course of the rest of this year. And the defense had already been playing well before this. It wasn't like this was a surprise. And, oh, the Ravens defense, they played great for the first time all season. No, it was a little bit of a struggle for Mike McDonald in the defense early. Patrick Queen talked about it post game a little bit where the defense lacked a lot of trust and some execution issues here and there. But they have settled in. Mike McDonald was a phenomenal, phenomenal hire for this team. He's someone that he's already had so much success, you know, both with the Ravens organization, then going to Michigan, then coming back. He is settled in as an NFL defensive coordinator. Baltimore holds Carolina overall on 54 total plays, just 205 total yards. That's 3.8 yards per play in the red zone. They did not score in the red zone. Obviously, they only had the three points there. They were 0 for 1, so the three points in the red zone. No touchdowns, no touchdowns there. Time of possession was actually, it was somewhat close, 33-14 for Baltimore, 26-46 for Carolina. But there were just there were so many high level players in this game that were doing high level things. Patrick Queen leads the team in tackles. Twelve total has a half a sack. He was again flying all over the place. I've been so impressed with Patrick Queen. He's done everything this year. He he is settled in. We're talking about guys who have settled in. Patrick Queen has settled into a role. I think the addition of Roquan Smith has really helped him. But he was playing well even before Roquan Smith came to Baltimore. So I'm not going to say, oh, Patrick Queen's only playing well because of Roquan Smith. That's not what it is. Patrick Queen was already playing well before that. So he's playing lights out right now. Speaking of Roquan Smith, Smith making his impact felt once again in this one. He was the second leading tackler with seven. He had a sack in this one. So he he got the quarterback down. Then you have Marcus Peters, who had a forced fumble, which should have been a scoop and score for Marlon Humphrey. But the officiating crew was, yeah, not great in, in this one. They were they reviewed a play that wasn't reviewable and and should have been more yards for the Ravens. The Ravens did not get any favors from the refs in this game, honestly. The refs just honestly refs need to stop blowing these plays dead because it takes away from exciting plays. It takes away from plays that should be touchdowns and you can always overturn it on the field. If you call it a touchdown, you know, if you don't blow a play dead and let it play out, you can always overturn the play. But once a play is dead, there's nothing, you know, the ball cannot be advanced once the play is blown dead. So that's just a little side ramble from me, but regardless, Marcus Peters still, he got burned on one or two plays here and there, but also made a couple of really nice ones. So it's, it's the give and take with Marcus Peters, but he obviously he's been given the Ravens a lot more than he's been necessarily taken with negative plays. Kyle Hamilton was next up with four. He was playing so well. But the unfortunate injury news on the defensive side of the ball was Hamilton. He got rolled up on as well. Baltimore classified that one as a knee injury. He went to the medical tent, and he lim- he limped off the field. He could, he could barely walk off the field. And we're going to see what it is. Hopefully, everything is good with him. He's been such a good part of this defense. He's settled in. Again, the, the key for this segment is going to be the <laughs> settled in term because, again, some, mis- some miscommunication issues in that Week 2 game against Miami. But then he takes accountability. He steps up in week three. And he he stepped up ever since, honestly. I, I've been so impressed. He's been playing that big nickel role for them in the slot. He's been diagnosing run plays. There was one, the CBS broadcast pointed this out, where the Panthers were trying to run a wide receiver screen to, screen to DJ Moore. 
And Hamilton was the one, according to the broadcast, who called that out. Carolina tries to audible at the line, and they have to call a timeout. And then they end up trying to run the same play, and then the ball is super errant to DJ Moore, so there's there's not even a thing there. Baltimore ends up just getting a gem in Kyle Hamilton. Hopefully he's okay, though, because he is, again, such a big part of what they do for this Baltimore defense. But other guys, Marlon Humphrey has an interception this one. He read a Baker Mayfield pass like an absolute book. And the Marlon Humphrey redemption tour here, again, the 2021 year for him was up from from his standard-wise. His standards was a down year. Obviously, he got burned by Jamar Chase. Everyone remembers that game. But this year, he has been on the full redemption tour. He has been lights out. He is not that he ever was out of the top five cornerback conversation, but it seemed like so many people forgot about him in that conversation because of the year that he had, the year that the Ravens had in 2021. He was good in this game. He was he was great. You have Broderick Washington having a batted pass that led to a Jason Pierre-Paul interception. Pierre-Paul also had a sack in this game. Clay Campbell had a sack. Baltimore was – they were getting to Baker Mayfield the entire game. They sacked Baker Mayfield four total times in this one. Overall, Justin Houston got credited with half a sack. So he's up to nine on the year. So Justin Houston continues his amazing year. Again, this, this was a game where they put the pressure on Carolina – they stopped the run game too. That was key. They stopped the run game early and Carolina never established it. They averaged 2.1 yards per carry because Baker Mayfield had two carries with 12 yards and that was six. But De- Deonta Foreman, 11 for 24, that's 2.2 yards per carry. Foreman came into this game on a tear. Juba Hubbard had four carries for no yards. Baltimore's run defense came into this game eighth in the league in rush defense in terms of yards per carry. That number is almost certainly gone up in terms of they're going to be probably a top six, top five rush unit by the time week 11 is totally concluded here. So they're a top rush offense. They're still a top rush defense. It's been like clockwork for this team. Wide receiver wise, again, not a lot of people got a lot of things going. Terrace Marshall led the team with three targets for 76 yards for Carolina. Shai Smith had four for 26. So it was a lot of just like 26, 25, 24. So no one got anything going in this game. And Baltimore's defense, again, they – they did what they were expected to do. The offense, not so much, right? The offense was expected to put up points on this Carolina defense, especially when you have a talent like Lamar Jackson, some of the pieces they have there. But credit to Carolina's defense. But credit to Baltimore's defense for matching that Carolina defense. Honestly, I'll, I'll say that I think it was Carolina's defense that matched Baltimore's defense. They, they were spectacular. Baltimore's defense was spectacular in this game. Mike McDonald, situational awareness for him, I think, has gone up as well in terms of just what has to be called in certain situations at the NFL level. I think first end of first half defense has been something for them that has been, you know, kind of iffy in certain weeks here and there where they'll give up like 50 yards in, in 40 seconds and allow a field goal or something. So there's been that stuff, but I think we saw a little too, too much what is it like being cute almost he, he was being a little too cute on, on plays early in the season especially the Miami game that's the one people point to but I think he has definitely settled down like McDonald has the defense trusts him and honestly this goes back to the offseason where the, the excitement surrounding the hire of Mike McDonald was super super high Patrick Queen was ecstatic about the hire and I think the players have his respect they have his trust and that's big you know you got to trust the person who's putting in the play calls and I think he has to trust the John Harbaugh. So I think for Baltimore's defense, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They don't play necessarily super, super challenging offenses for the remainder of the season. Definitely some talented offenses, but they're not like 
top five offenses or even in most cases top 10 offenses so I think Baltimore's defense should be able to continue over the course of the rest of the season here. And in the final segment, we'll dive into what Baltimore will be able to do in the final part of the year here, talking about how they can improve off of this win, what they need to do differently, and what they can keep from this one moving forward. So be sure to stay tuned. Still, something to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is sponsored by Prize Picks. And I love fantasy. Fantasy was good to me again this week, although I did lose one of my matchups by 0.3 points. So that was a little bit of a heartbreaker. But all in all, a pretty good week for me in fantasy. But if you want a different twist, be sure to check out Prize Picks. And Prize Picks has so many different formats you can use. You can have a ton of current entries as well. And how it works is you pick two to five players. And if they will go score more or less in their prize pick projection, you go into 10 times money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. So as you versus projections available. Price picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, PGA, college football, college basketball, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Price picks app. Go to pricepicks.com. Choose an app and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 or promo code locked on. That means if you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on to sign up for a deposit match of up to $100. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. We're back here rounding out Locked On Ravens here on Monday. Kevin Oshaker, your host, still here with you again. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, and follow along with us in audio form as well. But where can Baltimore take positives from their win against Carolina? And what are some of the things they need to do away with and improve on? Well, I mean, look, positives wise, you have a team right now that's rolling. They're winning games. I think that's the overall general positive. But the thing that comes with that is we saw an impressive second half against Tampa Bay in week eight. We saw an impressive wire to wire win against the Saints in week nine. And then we see a dominant defensive performance in week 11. But the offense was inconsistent, and that's putting it really, really nicely. They weren't good. The offense was not good. Again, this was a three-point game or a 3-3 game heading into the fourth quarter, and then the Baltimore defense gets the momentum. The Baltimore offense scores off of a turnover, and, it, you know, that's what it was. But as I talked about in the first segment, this offensive performance is not getting you past these top teams in the AFC slash NFL. So you have to be better as an offense because your defense is doing so much for you, so much for you. And, you know, look, we can admit it. The defense won this game for them. This wasn't a, an offensive performance to be proud of outside of Demarcus Robinson and some of what Lamar Jackson did. You know, it, it wasn't a good run game for them overall. Kenyon Drake had a nice run here or there, but drops were there. We saw some penalties overall. It was, it was a sloppy game penalty-wise for both teams. And officiating played a part. You know, Jerome Berger's crew was – not great. Jerome Boger has not had a great year. And he honestly is, you know, is not a fan favorite for a lot of teams, but Carolina had nine penalties for 66 yards. 
Baltimore had 10 penalties for 93 yards. So Jerome Boger and his crew definitely, you know, flag happy in this one. But look, there were definitely some plays that were penalties, but oh, were there, oh, were there plays that were not? There were phantom calls. There was a face mask on Morgan Moses that, if anything, probably should have just been illegal hands to the face, if anything. And then there were a couple of others that were just like, what are you calling here? But regardless, you can't have 10 penalties in a game and expect it to be a super smooth, super easy game. Those are those self-inflicting wounds that we've been talking about, whether it be penalties or poor execution or poor coaching. The Saints game was, you know, the closest thing we've seen to that wire-to-wire dominant victory. But I think in terms of stacking, right, we've talked about stacking wins. They've done that. But the next step for them is can they stack dominant wins can they stack those wire to wire victories against teams that they should be doing it against this game i predicted 30 to 17 you know kadrius mel on our friday show predicted 27 to 17 this was a game that a lot of people had baltimore dominating and look credit to carolina you know i, I don't want to say that oh carolina is so terrible that you know the ravens should have put up 50 on them but the Ravens should have put up some points on Carolina at least more than they did and earlier than they did. The slow start thing also is something that we've talked about before on the show. The slow starts are something that definitely have to change for them because we've seen them start fast before, but, you know, week eight against Tampa, that entire first half on offense, they couldn't do anything. And, you know, we, we heard from the coaches and the players after that game about, oh, they were trying out some stuff, passing the bubble, really going to the run-heavy approach, but – Regardless, it wasn't just that game where they've started off slow. This, this is something where if you can get the momentum early, if you can get out to a 14-3 to lead, if you can establish the run and you can do that. I mean, look, getting Gus Edwards back helps at some point, right? Getting J.K. Dobbins back helps at some point. But at the same time, you have to be able to get off to those fast starts to just help your defense out. Because, look, Marlon Humphrey kind of talked about it where, or at least after the game, where he said, Sometimes the offense will have these bad games. Sometimes the defense will. And, you know, that's just paraphrasing. You didn't say it exactly like that. But, you know, the offense has the defense's back and the defense has the offense's back. So sometimes these sluggish offensive performances, yeah, the defense can go out and win you a game. Baltimore's won the game with defense throughout their franchise history countless times. Defense and Ravens, those are two words that go together for a reason because of all the history that we've seen from all these defensive units. But at the same time, you have Lamar Jackson. You have Mark Andrews. You have some talent and wide receivers. I think you have Devin DuVernay out there. I mean, I, look, I know the wide receiver core is not the best in the league. You know, it's not probably not even top half of the league right now. But at the same time, when you have Lamar Jackson, when you have the run game you're supposed to have, Baltimore should be putting up more points than this. And so that's where I am right now in terms of, look, we're getting into December. You know, we're, come, we're on Thanksgiving week right now. And we're moving into the December to the January. Once you get to December and January, you want to establish the run in Baltimore. Look, that's the strength of this offense. It is their identity. But at the same time, you have to be able to do that and still have a competent passing game, first of all. I think these receivers, you know, it was a down game. But we can't have it continue to be what it is if you're the Ravens and say, oh, you know, we we can just rely on the defense every game. That's something they cannot do. So, I'm not necessarily – I think if it happens again next week, I hit I hit the panic button and I say, all right, what is going on with this offense? Because the Saints game and the second half of that Buccaneers game still have – they that put enough confidence in me to say, you know what, all right, I'll give them, I'll give them a semi-pass for this week. Not completely because I still think they should have done more than they did. But 
if it happens two weeks in a row, we see another slow start. We see not a lot of points being put up on the board against the Jacksonville defense in Jacksonville. Then I say, all right, something has to give, you know, and whether that is, I don't know what it would be, but this is a team that is still seven and three. They're still at the top of their division. They are on a four game winning streak. They are in prime position to not only win their division, but have a very high seed in the AFC. Because again, I think the NFL is wide open right now. You have, I think Kansas City is kind of like the cream of the crop right now. They are, I think, the team to beat in the AFC, but you have Miami, you have Baltimore, you have Buffalo. Those are the teams that kind of put in that second tier in the AFC. And we'll see. The NFL hasn't necessarily had that dominant team that is just running away with everything. Even even Philadelphia looked kind of mortal against the Colts in Week 11. So Baltimore is still in a good position, but you just want to see more consistency out of this offense. Play calling-wise as well from Greg Roman. You want to see just better stuff there from him. Overall, you know, you, you want to see that vault opened up. You want to see it. We, we've seen it over the past couple of weeks, and I think that's why I think it's been disappointing to a lot of people in, in just in terms of what the offense showed over the last, you know, before week 11, the last six quarters, you have the second half of the Bucks game and the Saints game. And that kind of goes away. And you see Lamar Jackson being frustrated by the, the, the lay a game penalty. You know, I, I tweeted it out, you know, new weekly Ravens lay a game penalty just dropped because it, it really is where we hear about, Oh, no, you know, the offense is going to fix it. Here's how they can fix it. And then they still get to the line late. The play calls get in late. They don't get up to the line in time. And, it's like clockwork. You see that play clock going three, two, one, zero, and it's frustrating for the players, frustrating for the fans, frustrating for the coaches. But you, you got to get it down, especially because what happens in January when a call like that ruins a drive, much like it did. We saw it against the Saints. We saw it again against Carolina. It, it has an impact. So overall, Baltimore picks up a win. It was a grinded out, gritty win, an ugly win. You know, John Harbaugh said it was not a pretty win, and I agree. A lot of people do. But it's unfortunate because when you talk about a win like this, look, the Ravens won the game, right? That's what matters. A win is a win. That's the saying. But my point, I said it at the beginning of the show, I'll end it with it too. Baltimore, this is a playoff team, most definitely. And in the playoffs, you know, an offensive performance like that is not going to cut it. They have the talent to not have performances like that. They just have to put it all together. And I think the key, I think the key for them is just stringing, stringing together those dominant wins because if you can get that momentum, there, there are certain levels to momentum. I think Baltimore now is on a good momentum streak with the winning streak, but stacking dominant wins, stacking convincing wins, you know, offensive good performances, defensive good performances, special teams good performances even in there as well. That, I think, is what takes you to the next, next level. So throughout the rest of the week, we'll talk about the Ravens' offense, what to make of it, and everything like that. But they're still uh, – the Ravens are in a good spot right now, and a win is a win, and that is what matters. The Baltimore picked up that win, 13-3 over Carolina in Week 11. But thank you so much for tuning in today. That's all I have for you here on Locked on Ravens. Be sure to, again, subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form. I appreciate all the support here, and be sure to follow along in audio form as well. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more Ravens content, of course, continuing to break down this Ravens Week 11 win, so be sure to stay tuned for that, and I will see you right back here tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.